Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. FYI, if you don't know, we have got teaching tips in our newsletter that we send out every week. Um, We have teaching tips for kids, teaching tips for teens, and then also study tips for adults that might be studying together as a couple or in groups or just by themselves. So um, we have that every week. They change each week based off of that very particular lesson. Jinx. So um, someone who's been watching for a long time didn't know about that and we we're like oh we should remind people again that you can get that so you want to say you where can, to find the newsletter yeah you can okay. sign up for it at um emilybellfreeman.com slash don't miss this but just look for that you can find don't miss this and in bell there. has a e at the end or an instagram just go to our um don't miss this study yeah don't miss this study and it's in the bio there so there you go. In case you didn't know that there is another gift available for you <laughs> and other stuff that comes in there too, daily study cards and other links and information. So FYI, if you don't know about that. Um, Third Nephi, what a crazy book we're about to start. Oh, we love this book. It's, I want to say it's one of our favorites, but they probably think the whole Book yeah. of Mormon is one <laughs> of our favorites. They're going to make fun of us if we say that, so we're not. This is going to be such a good book and also you might want to decorate for Christmas before this lesson. Yeah, we're about to have Christmas on, on this Put day. Put up a Christmas tree or stockings. You could drink hot chocolate unless it's 104 degrees. And Death Valley, if you live in Death Valley, you have the hottest day on Earth. Ever. So congratulations. That was crazy. Got to get you a ribbon. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you kind of want to get Christmassy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's crazy to me to think about Christmas gives such happy, good feelings. And there are no, you know, this one, it's wild that Jesus shows up, that he's born to the earth in such a disaster and a mess. But why wouldn't he? That's just his style to show up (laughs) in the mess, right? And so it really is great. Throughout this lesson, you're... Before we start, we should show everyone this. I thought you were sustaining somebody. (laughs) You held up. Hold on, I just... (laughs) You were sustaining... The lesson. Okay, you got that, everyone? Yes. Um, particularly this box right here, you're going to want to fill your your study guide sheet, like the other side. Um, we didn't have room for that box on this page, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll walk to, you through yeah. it, though. Don't worry. We're going to walk you through this. There is so much stuff packed into this lesson, we don't even know where to start, except for with a Christmas tree. Yay. Um, there is a kind of a theme that goes through here where it's almost like this. You see a, a very, very relentless adversary, like striving and struggling to get a hold of people's hearts. Um, and you also see God trying to get a hold of people's hearts. We got done with the war chapters, but not really. This mm-hmm. is really the battle. What did President McKay said? The greatest battles of life are fought in the confines of the human soul. And so you might be thinking um, kind of along the lines of, uh, well, I'll say this. Have you ever heard, you know, people talk about um, who was it? President Faust at the end of his life, got to the end of his life. And he says, I just pray every day that I never lose the faith. And you're kind of like, you're 90. Like, yeah. I don't think you're going yes. to. It's intriguing 
that he says something like that. But to be honest with you, I've never like, I mean, I don't want to lose the faith, but I don't sense it in myself. Like, you know, like yes. have that I'm kind of trying to of think urgency. of that quote too from President Nelson right now that I love. Um, you won't be able to survive spiritually. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I put it in my book. Um, yeah, what is it? Um, everyone who's watching is like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I just want to think the about yelling it for a minute. The yelling at the TV. Yeah, it's the Without revelation. Without the constant companion, like the Holy Ghost. Yes, and it's the revelation see. for the church, revelation for our life's talk is where it comes from. But you will not be able to survive spiritually, he tells us. Wait, did you find it? I did once and then it disappeared off my phone. You, you, Why am I in charge oh, of the phone? Go down. Let me, okay. give me, give me, give me. <laughs> I saw um, it there, but are you going to read the whole talk? No, I know where it is. Oh, that made it so easy. Um, but you just... Because I love, while you're finding it, let me just say this. This is so interesting because we watched that whole battle take place and we're going to actually see one more temporal battle take place right now. But following right on the heels of it, we are going to watch a spiritual battle for men's souls that is just going to rage. You're going to watch Satan doing his best work and you're going to watch also the Lord trying to just strengthen what remains and what's happening. And we want to watch both of those. But as I was reading through um, 3 Nephi 6 and 7 today, I just kept thinking, oh, it makes me think you would not have been surprised to hear Nephi say this. Okay. As you were saying that, as, as I was like flipping through this, I mean, I just like my, I was catching phrases that I was like, wait, that's in this about him saying like, I'm optimistic about the future. Nothing opens the heaven quite like the combination of, I urge you, like, I was like, I plead with oh, hold you. on. There are so many things in, in here that, okay, but I found it. And now I just went back through because I was doing that. Um, both parts of this are so intriguing and so fitting for this time period. Um, let me finish my, that one thought and say, no, I'll finish it after. He says this, our savior and redeemer, Jesus Christ will perform some of his mightiest works between now and when he comes again. Mm. That's pretty staggering if you consider some of his mighty works in the past. And, like, that's and let's so just say exciting. that's going to happen in here too, right, that's which what is I mean. so fun. Like, yeah, we're going to see that parallel. We will see miraculous indications that God the Father and his Son preside over this church in majesty and glory. But in coming days, it will not be possible to survive to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Which initially, you're kind of like, wait, I like the first part better. I don't want you to do that scary part, you know, at the end. Um, but it's actually also just as exciting because it's, he says, essentially, you will have the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. But with that warning that's in there, you'll need it. Yeah, but you it'll won't be, be able there. to survive spiritually. It, it hints back to Samuel, the Lamanite. Um, You're all going to be destroyed. Yeah. Except? This, yeah, except. Yeah, the guiding trying. influence of the Holy Ghost. And it's, it's interesting. I have had recently, in the last month or so, a lot of people will send me these um, signs of the times things that they're seeing on YouTube and other places. And they love to say to me, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this one? What do you think about this one? And this is my response every time. You know what? Just read Helaman and 3rd Nephi and you will get everything you need to know about preparing for the second coming. It is so in here and we are studying it. So this is a great week. Um, 
to just not only think about what is happening here, but be looking for the parallel here as well, because we're gonna see so many signs and we're gonna see so much counsel to help us get through these these days that are our days that are really similar to these days that were their days yeah. also. So if you are holy and pure like President Faust and are like, have that like holy trepidation for- Are you talking for, about President Faust or, or President Nelson? President Faust where oh, he's just okay. like, I, please don't let me fall, you know? Mm. Or if more recently, I've actually thought about this more recently with the adversary getting a hold of hearts that I want them to get a hold of my kids' hearts. Mm. Like that, I'm thinking more about them right now than I am about you know yeah. my, myself. Um, and that's not to make, be this like selfless, like because I'm such a good dad, but <laughs> just, just like that's just reality. Right like I'm just like, oh. and these chapters are so good for me for to answer that question. How, how, do, I how do I protect do my house? How and do I protect my heart and my watch house? A temporal preparation and a spiritual preparation take place in these. Pages. We have seven chapters of getting ready for the second coming um, as they get ready for the first coming. And we really did just give you a couple little squares and you might want a notebook as you go through because they are going to teach us so much about what we need in this time to be ready. Yeah. So let's start with Christmas. This is yeah, the longest little advent calendar that ever was made in the history of Earth. But that's fun if it's a chocolate one. Um, because remember, Samuel says in five years, it will be Christmas. So you've got a 1,280 whatever. We're so happy you can do math because I was again trying to figure out when Jesus was coming according to the bottom of this thing. And I was like, what? Now what? Yeah, it's like it's six minus zero is six. Um, but he just says count down to this day, right? And there will be a, a day and a night and a day without any darkness. Which if you look in, is it Zechariah? Um, that same exact, mm -hmm. or Zephaniah, I can't remember the two. I'm sorry if you're listening, I <laughs> forgot your names. You should have had names that yeah. were similar. Um, weren't so close. A very, very similar sign preceding the Lord's second coming, but this day and night and day with no darkness, meaning the sun will go down and it will be as bright as daytime. I, just, like, I wanted to do that so bad. Yeah. Didn't you? Like, I just think, can you imagine when you ate dinner and you cleaned up dinner and then everyone did their homework and then it like, was still second. like lunch outside? And, and it wasn't Alaska. That was, yes. Alaska's like, this happens all the time. I, <laughs> well, I want to try They're that always Alaska. Tripped. They're just all, so you know, I've <laughs> always wanted to try that. I just Alaska want. thinks it's the second coming every day in yes. Sweden. Um, so you remember the story, uh, everybody's really excited about it. They start seeing all these signs and wonders or experiencing them, but five years doesn't seem that long. But really by the time you get to the end of the five years, there is this total like faith crisis and disaster for the believing group of the people because people started to say, I think that five years has passed. And they start to kind of, you know, what if mm. about that? And they kind of doubt a little bit about it. Like, what if the, what if the time has passed and the, it never happened, you know? And I just imagine, like, the kids coming home from school and being teased on the bus or whatever. Mm. Like, you know, hey, they, you know, so-and-so said that the time's already passed. And, you know, mom's getting it at, you know, work and dad's getting it at the store. People are just getting it in all these places. And it says that hard. they, right, that they watch steadfastly for the sign together as families. Would you love, because they really did do the advent calendar. Like yeah. somebody was keeping 
Trapped. And watching mm -hmm. for it. And can you imagine? They're just out. Like they have dinner. They clean it up. And they sit on the back porch and they watch that sunset. And then it just gets dark. And they're like, it's well, today. maybe tomorrow. But then the problem is it intensifies. And in this first chapter, they say the non-believers set a date. And they're like, if it does not happen by this day, then we are executing everybody who still believes in it. Now that just upped the ante a little bit. <laughs> because kind of a harsh punishment. Don't yeah, you feel no like kidding. It? It's just like, hey, <laughs> you know? But like crazy now when they're watching from the back porch and it gets dark, then it starts to get really unnerving each night as it moves closer and closer and closer to that day. Like they watch that sun go down, down, and then it's dark. And it's like, and then what kind of conversations are parents having yes. at night when the kids go to bed? They're like, what do we yeah. do? Like, do we stay with this or do we pack our bags? Yeah. Or like what is supposed to happen? Anyways, you've got Nephi, who's the son of Nephi. Y'all, don't be sad. We gave you a whole I know, this <laughs> genealogy. Is, yeah. Well, and we wish we would have put um, who? The chief judge. Oh, Laconius. Yes, Our let's just Laconius. make sure we we tell you. So yeah, walk through it. So just, just a little family tree here. You've got Alma, who was in Abinadi's courtroom. His son, Alma, who was a punk turned fabuloso. His son, Helaman, who led the 2000 Stripling Warriors. His son, Helaman, who kept the record of the Book of Helaman. His son, Nephi, who was in the prison. And remember? they were twins. Remember, Nephi and Lehi were twins. Yeah. Were they twins? Well, brothers. brothers. Oh. <laughs> I like to be They got twins. really cute. I know. Okay. Don't you want them to be twins? Everyone, I just, in my mind, they're twins. Just they're the me. twins, Nephi and Lehi, who were in the prison when the fire swirled around them and stuff like that. And then his son, Nephi, who is the, and this, this is the Nephi who is up on the tower. The garden. On the garden tower. Yeah. Then this Nephi is the one who is in charge in 3 Nephi 1. And at the same time. And by time, in charge, I mean like the, the spiritual prophet. leader. Yeah. yeah, he's the prophet. And at the same time, it is going to be confusing because the chief judge is Laconius, who will die in the middle of these chapters. Does he die? Or mm -hmm. does he just leave? He, he must die. Okay. And then his Poor son, Laconius, takes over. And then he's, this spoiler alert, going to be murdered so people were just not super creative it's tricky because you then. have nephi and nephi and laconius and laconius <laughs> all at the same time going on in these chapters so if something you're like wait a minute this doesn't seem right it's because there's two of both people so this nephi son of nephi grandson of Helaman, great-grandson of Helaman. It's getting so confusing right now <laughs> so this nephi is kind of the spiritual leader during this time and everybody's must be looking to him and imagine what that pressure might be as people are now at gunpoint, sword point, I guess, um, on their beliefs. And oh, his prayer just breaks your heart out. He just says in 11, um, well, 10, that his heart was exceedingly sorrowful. Uh, I love reading that verse because we talked to a friend of ours recently who spends um, some time with um, the leadership of the church. Um, the young women leaders, the relief study leaders, the apostles and prophets, and just to hear him talk about how tender and sensitive they are, how informed they are. And it makes me like, I love reading this verse and thinking of, um, our, oh, yeah, just his heart breaking over what is mm -hmm. happening. Um, what, of course it would. And it says he cried mightily. 
um, to his God on behalf of the people. And it says that he cried in verse 12 all that day, um, all day long, because it's the deadline day. And he's just praying all day long. And then all of a sudden, the voice comes at the, at, right in, at the end of that day. And he just says, on this night, will the sign be given? Sometimes I'm like, how long have you known that? <laughs> and did you need to wait yes. until then to let us know? Like, yes. why could you not have said, don't worry, it's next week. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, but it's like, yes. ah! But there's something about forging faith, right? Yes. There's there... just something about it. We don't understand it here. Heat. But I think we will understand it there. Because there is something exalting about that crying mightily and pouring out. And that's what God is after, is our hearts and what they become mm -hmm. and drawn out to him. That it's like, ooh, this is what happens. And then, you know, they have that, that you know, moment where they're all gathered together in town square. Yes. And the sun is going down. And is everyone like... He said, this night, you know, on this night, <laughs> the sun, but can you imagine when the sun drops below the horizon and it gets bright again, just the thrill that went through. I, I can't wait. I know. I was just going to say, you know, when scene. there's going to be videos in heaven, please bless there's videos in heaven. We got to rewind that like a hundred times. I know. I'm going to say, may I please have the DVD of earth. May I please delete some of the scenes I'm in, but then I would like to watch this one and just, oh, yeah. and, 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 so and look what they do down at the bottom. You notice mm -hmm. they start counting time differently based off of this. The rescue was so revolutionary that they changed the calendar and they'll remember it year after year. Remember the day we were saved when baby Jesus came to the world. And you right? just love that just... one line in verse 14, the very first line that says, behold, I come unto my own. Oh, I love that line so much. If you need hope, it's such a great line to write somewhere that he will come. That's what he does. He comes unto his own. And I just love the thought of that. And, and he comes, there was waiting before he came and there will be waiting after that sign, mm -hmm. but, but he still comes. And, and we've got these lines here. There was a fight before the light came. And, and all the thrill that came with it. And now there will be a fight after it. It just is. Yep. And that's how these kind of days yeah. are going to be. There's these ups and downs like this. It's just. Just these like President Nelson said. are crazy right, right now. The manifestations of God the Father and the Son will be some of the greatest. But then also you will, you will need to grasp on to survive spiritually yeah. like it's yeah. both of them take your vitamins that's yeah. that's where we're at in the, in here um and um i just think it is so interesting in verse 22 so that happens is that where you were gonna go yeah yeah okay that's great. is to 22 and it came to pass that from this time forth there began to be lying sent forth among the people by satan to harden their hearts to the intent that they might not believe in those signs and wonders which they had seen but notwithstanding these lyings and deceivings, the more part of the people did believe and were converted unto the Lord. Which makes me think to myself, how could you not be? You know, in that moment, it's just, um, remember how we talked about last week, that the Lord will do whatever he can to reclaim. And sometimes it's putting someone on a wall and sometimes it's having a night with no darkness. And he's, he's gonna use every 
thing at his fingertips to try and win as many hearts as he can. And this was a win for him. But isn't it so interesting that Satan is just right there on the tails of that? And, and you're going to watch that through here. You're just going to watch that battle for souls that's going to take place. So on the study guide, we've got those verses that you can look through and all throughout here, just the different like things. Remember President Benson saying this, this book really exposes the adversary so well mm. to just, it's just so wise to be aware of some of the things that he does. And some of the things that you'll find in those verses is that he causes people to forget. If you go over to chapter two, he, uh, verse one, to forget the signs and wonders, to become less and less astonished at the miracles that are happening. Um, it says that the people begin to disbelieve in, at the end of verse one. Isn't that interesting, that whole idea of, and then we've talked yes. about this before, of begin to disbelieve and to wax strong in disobedience. Remember that when I thought of those candles? Mm. Like just again, a little dip, a little dip, a little dip, and it just is his move to lead them, tempt them, and cause them um, to take their eyes off of heaven and onto something else. It just seems, remember Elder Scott said, Satan has a powerful tool that he uses against good people. It is distraction. And, and it seems like what he is doing and he's slowly getting a hold yeah. of their hearts. Um, it's and real it's so and he does it. interesting, yeah, when he talks about he's gonna blind their eyes, he's gonna lead them away to believe that the doctrine of Christ was a foolish thing. And you just, we're gonna slowly watch that taking place here. So um, while that's going on, you almost see it manifested physically in the people. In chapters three and four, you've got the Gadian robbers um, who, who start to make a fuss. Fuss is like the understatement of the century, <laughs> since they call this the greatest and most disastrous battle in the entire book. Um, but they start to kind of attack, and the leader of this organization um, writes a letter you know, to the chief judge, and he says, just so you know, um, we're going to take over you. And uh, I thought that was actually really polite. At least he has that going for him, Ooh, that he, like, warned so them awesome. that he was going to come and, yes. and, and do that. And so we've got this idea of two gatherings. This first one is a physical gathering, and then we'll talk about the spiritual gathering that happens in a little bit. But, and you're going to watch it also a temporal battle here and yeah. a spiritual battle that's going to happen here. Um, so we're going to first just talk about what this looks like temporally, both the battle and the gathering, and then we'll move to that second one. Yeah. So this first temporal battle, the Gadian robbers are, you know, there in the hillsides and they're just threatening that we're going to come down in a month, which they shouldn't have done. That was like just dumb war strategy. Why would you tell them when you were coming? Um, and what Laconius does, he writes back and he says, no, uh, we won't be doing that. You won't be taking over us. And he must have taken a playbook from Moroni um, because this is right out of yes. his book, you know. Yeah. And starting in chapter 3, verse 13, all the way through 25, you see what he does. And this will almost be the war chapters like in Sparknotes version. But it's awesome that he sends a proclamation yeah, among all the people. Um, I want to know what it said. Yes. Um, we want to know so bad thing what it said. Yeah. That it says is let's gather together. And I, one of my favorite parts about this is you will see this in verse 13 and then you will see it as they eventually do gather together that every single person gathers together. And I love that that was the call from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like, we need all of you for this to work. There has got to be uh, a, a unity 
among all of us. And I think it's just worth remembering again and again that God reserves some of his most spectacular blessings for groups of people that the Zion yeah. concept of pull people yeah. and, and you think about the together. Red Sea yeah. moment. It's just, yeah, there's amazing things that happen. And as you're thinking temporally, so as you're thinking about preparing for the second coming temporally, there are a lot of great words in chapter three that you want to be pulling out. You're going to watch um, that they gather together they bring all their substance and there's fortifications built around them with strength that would be exceedingly great and they place guards around everywhere to guard them night and day and um, he tells them they need to repent and that they're going to have to pray every single day for their safety um, but part of that gathering together that happened there um, wasn't just the fortifications like what happened with moroni but but we read in here they gathered together all their food and all their flocks and everything that they would need to have in order to live for seven years. That's what um, they've pulled together, that they're gonna be safe in this place and they can exist together for this certain amount of time. And you're just so interested in what, what were the prophets saying then and what were they helping them to know so that they would be prepared for that moment that of gathering. Yeah, that temporal gathering. And I, you know, I, it was just, I was just reading, um, Oh man, I have forgotten his name. Um, it was an older member of the 12 who's passed away, one I never like knew. Um, but he made this connection between, he was talking about in the Doctrine and Covenants, the, during those times, the temporal gathering that they were doing and the spiritual ramifications of those temporal moves. Mm. And it was like so intriguing to kind of read yeah. that in connection you know, with this, but I think it is so cool that it's like, in order for us to exist together for seven years, everybody has to bring what they have. Yeah, and if you're and looking if you for that seven you have, year, and I bring what I have. Yeah, we'll together, make it. Together, we're gonna make yeah. it. Um, if you're looking for that reference, it's um, 3 Nephi 4, 4 is where it tells you. They're going to bring all their food. They're going to bring their horses, their cattle, their flocks of every kind that they could subsist for the space of seven years. And who wants to just pause right now and say, who's happy? that our prophets today aren't telling us to have food storage for seven years. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, they don't need to because mine plus yours plus it's going to just know, all work out better. Um, we're going to talk about that food storage again in a minute. But I do love, again, as we're watching for the parallels here, that, that part of what the prophet was talking about and calling to them for was this gathering that would give them fortification and strength and guards around them. Um, and you think about how we do that same thing today, particularly for our youth, but also that temporal gathering as far as um, our food storage and our preparation that we would be able to subsist for a certain amount of time, if needed, um, for whatever was about to come. So, um, I mean, you'll read through this and it's really fun, but they outlast the Gadian robbers. Mm -hmm. Um, there's war that's fought on the outside and eventually they have nothing to eat or anything and, and they win, you know, at the end of this. The, um, the Nephite civilization wins and I wish I could, I lost that verse Tell where it says that like, for. and there wasn't a soul among them. Oh, it's chapter 5 verse 1. At the end of it, there was not a living soul among mm -hmm. all the people who did doubt in the least the words of the holy prophets that had been spoken. That they all came together and then they all experienced the miracle together and you almost are like oh just 
in the book. Yep, and this is where I was trying to do the math, which I'm going to try and do again right now because it's interesting to me as we're looking at it to see this was 16 years before um, Jesus was going to come. That all of this is taking place. It starts there, and then that time they're gathered together is still counting down those years now. So they're just getting closer and closer um, to that time. Is there anything else we want out of chapter 5? No, we'll come back to it at the end because okay. it's a good, happy ender. Um, so let's go Because it's to... like a pause. Chapter 5 is Mormon writing this 400 years later, just kind of having a moment of like... Let me tell you what's happening. Yeah, isn't yeah. that... Just kind of like, wasn't that great? You know, because Which he's... also <laughs> makes these chapters kind of confusing because you get in here and you have all these Nephi's and these Laconiuses happening. And then all of a sudden Moroni shows up out of the middle of nowhere to just give you a little like... I don't know, pep talk. And then you're going to jump back into, you Another think disaster. it's all been resolved and you're so happy. And then chapter six starts. And um, here is one interesting thing. My daughter Grace came down today. She'd been studying all these chapters and she said, I just want to point out something really interesting. Do you think it is weird that two prophets in a row had the same characteristics or attributes of how they led in the Book of Mormon and they're not mentioned of any other prophet except for those two prophets. And I was like, okay, that is so interesting. And I have never noticed that before. So teach me. Go get your scriptures and teach me. So she took me back. And now I'm afraid I maybe didn't write it down. But don't worry. My phone is going to help us again, which means my phone might help you. Um, it's going to be about he, um, Helaman and then his son Nephi um, is where it comes up in the um, first bit and it's clear okay, back Helaman 3, in Helaman 20. 3 yep in Helaman 3 20 and um, it's going to tell us first of all um, here are the two things nevertheless in verse 20 Helaman did fill the judgment seat with justice and equity okay there's the first one and then at the end of the chapter when we find out his son Nephi took over um, it said, Nephi be under reign in his stead, and it came to pass that he did fill the judgment seat with justice and equity. That was his characteristics. And we were just talking about before this, I was like, it's so interesting because you know we look at our prophets and we were like, oh yeah, he was the known, he was known for um, this. Like President Monson, he was known for rescuing the one. Or you think about President Hinckley, and we think about temples with him, or Ezra Taft Benson, and we want to say the Book of Mormon. And these two were known for... Um, justice and equity and when grace came down she's like i'm so intrigued by those two words justice and equity and when you read about what's happening here and then she was like does it make you think like what should we be looking for in a leader and and what does it mean if what values everything that's happening is justice and equity what was really interesting because then i was reading ahead of her and i got to third nephi six and um, it's right at the very beginning. It tells us... Um, verse 4. Yeah, verse 4. Um, so they've come out of that time. Everybody um, believes they've come out of that gathering together. And that, that temporal war has taken place. And it tells us, They began again to prosper and to wax great. And the 20th and 6th and 7th years passed away. And there was great order in the land for those two years. And they had formed their laws according to equity and justice. Um, so that's what everything looks like for this small moment of just this happy moment. And then 
From here on out, the entire world falls apart. That is what happens until Jesus shows up. It is just like crazy town from now until the moment when Jesus shows up on the scene. And it gives you this little hint right there. There was nothing in all the land to hinder the people from prospering continually, except they should fall into transgression. And then we're going to start watching what happens here. And um, it's interesting as you read in chapter 6 and 7 because you get really caught up in the wickedness that is happening. That's what you so clearly see is just everything falling apart and it falls apart really, really fast. Well, and naturally too, yeah. because I mean, we've all experienced that recently where it's like, I mean, until this year, nobody would have said something could fall apart that quickly. Yeah. You're like that. You read the Book of Mormon and you're like, fake news. There's no way that like that quick, everything could become so disastrous. And it's like, never mind. I believe it can. You know, it could, we could fall off the yeah. wagon so fast. Because you look at like one second ago in um, 27 and 28th year were fantastic. Yeah, just and all built. of a sudden in the 29th year, until remember Jesus comes in the 33rd year, um, a disaster happens and I want and you were saying and I was like trying to add like point out that's like don't you find yourself like I mean there's memes now about how 2020 has been like this after this after this after this after this after this like it's natural for us to like fall into noticing everything that has fallen apart yeah and so when you read it you will do that yeah you can't help naturally. it you'll you'll just be like whoa um, it's interesting to watch what the fall apart looks like for them. Um, and I'm just going to read them. And as, you, as you're thinking, it's, it's interesting to look for us too and be like, oh, that is so interesting. I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm going to read several just so you can get a look at what is happening here. It says, what happened at the beginning is there just was disputings among the people. Um, and you see this division starting. It is a division among the people. It just starts. Um, little and it beca it's because of pride and exceeding great riches and it's because some of the people have a chance for learning because they have enough money and they're living so that they can and poverty is making it so some of the people don't have a chance for that same learning and that's the beginning in um, 38 by 6 11 and 12 then it tells us in 14 there became a great inequality in all the land isn't it so interesting because it's just right there next to it in verse 4 when everything was equity and justice and then all of a sudden there is this huge inequality in the land and the church began to be broken up and then Satan had great power and he just stirred up the people. There was just this stirring that was taking place. Um, everyone was carried about by the temptations of the devil. It tells us in 17 and 18 they did not sin ignorantly because they knew the will of God. And they did willfully rebel against God. It tells us in 21, many of the people were exceedingly angry if anyone spoke about religion or testified about God in any way. Um, in verse 28, um, they um, wanted to combine against all righteousness. There were groups that would gather together that wanted to combine against righteousness. In verse 30, they did set a defiance the law and the rights of their country. In chapter 7, um, they yield themselves to the power of Satan. And then in verse 6, what happens is the regulations of the government are destroyed. And there is a great contention in the land. And the people in, um, in just six years had turned from their righteousness, is what it tells us. And they were united in the hatred of those who had entered into a covenant. 
Um, so there's this hatred that's going on um, for the government. And then there's just a couple more I want to show you. In verse 14, they were not united as to their laws and their manner of government. Um, in, at the end of 14, they did stone the prophets and they'd cast them out. Remember, that's the one phrase I just want you to hold on to because that's going to come back again. So they stone the prophets, they cast them out. They don't want any of that um, religious guidance taking place. Um, I, I think it is so interesting that Nephi, meanwhile, is going around testifying boldly repentance and remission of his sins, and he ministers with power and great authority, and um, miracles are happening. People are being raised from the dead, and it tells us in here that they were angry with him because they had greater, that he had greater power than they did, and it, it was not possible that they could disbelieve his words, for so great was his faith that angels minister him daily, and that made them so angry. In verse 20, the people saw it and did witness of it, and they were angry. Um, these oh, are the so things tired. that we see in these two chapters that just all of a sudden, everything like blew up. And, um, and lots of times that's all you're gonna see is that you're gonna see the blowing up, you're gonna see the contention, you're gonna see the division, you're gonna see everything happening there. Um, several years ago when I was reading through these chapters, I love to read through Helaman and 3rd Nephi on a regular basis, particularly when I'm thinking about signs of the times. I love to just get in and just see what was happening and what do I see happening and what could I learn. And as I read through these chapters, the Spirit just whispered to me, watch for what the righteous people are doing which I had never paid attention to it. I never had. In fact, if you would have asked me that many years ago, I would have been like, I don't think it tells us what the righteous people were doing during this time. But as I started reading through and seeing it, I actually got out a pen and a piece of paper and I started writing it down because this is what I thought to myself. If my family can do these things, if we can just do these things in these two chapters, we will remain believers until the end. And um, I just want to read through to you some of what that looked like to be a believer in a time that was so crazy. Um, and how fun for people to go through and just find yes, them. Yes, and find them. Right. Just find those good things. Um, th this is what kept them firm and steadfast and immovable, that people who would not depart from the faith, this is what they were doing. They served God with diligence day and night. They... Um, would forsake all sin, abomination, and whoredoms. They preached God's love to all of God's children, create order in the land by upholding the laws of equity and justice, receive railings. This is such an interesting one for our time because it seems like anytime you try and enter into a conversation of goodness, immediately there's a million people who, who want to fight back against this. And I love when it says receives railings and does not revile again, but is humble and penitent strives to be exceedingly humble, receives inspiration from heaven to stand, teach, and testify boldly about Jesus and his atonement, believes in the reality of angels from both sides of the veil, honors and participates in the power of the priesthood of God, recognizes the power and spirit of God, ministers with power and great authority, testifies boldly of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, has great faith, allowing angels to minister daily, experiences God's miracles, recognizes them, and expresses gratitude for God's hand 
in our lives through diligent church attendance, listen to God's prophet, testifies of the Spirit of God, keeps the commandments, remains clean through continual repentance, watches for the signs of Jesus Christ. This is what those people were doing. This is what was happening over and over as all this world comes crashing down. You just watched equally for every bad thing going on. You see in these pages, this is what is going to keep you strong. In this spiritual battle, in this warfare for souls, this is what is going to protect your family at this yeah. time. And I went through and, and found all those things. And then I had a cute friend who actually um, made something for me that I could hang in my house because I thought from now until the second coming, that's what I want to be focused on. Those are the things I want to make sure that our family is doing that will keep us safe and, and protected during now this time. everyone wants to hang one. In the house, <laughs> no, just so and if you want to hang one, I'll put the name of my friend in the newsletter. Um, I just think that's so, when, like we looked at that one verse where it's just like angels ministered unto him daily, you know, and, and even that scene where he raised his brother from yes. the dead. I just, like I thought of that scene of, of Jesus at the funeral and um, outside everybody's mocking and laughing, but in that inner room, like mom and dad and Jesus are there and they've witnessed this unforgettable, really tender, sweet moment. And it just makes me think like, when there's this commotion that's happening all around, like within our own hearts and within our own homes, sometimes it has to be within our own bedroom in a home. Yeah. It can become this holy sanctuary, sanctuary you yeah. know, where angels and, and Jesus's presence is, is there. and. Um, I love I love that list of something. These are all the things that open the door to that, that create that you know create that space yeah, for that him to enter in. And, yeah, it's just that protection that we need. And you love knowing in a time of so much going wrong, there can still be things that go right. Yeah. In that time. That's so awesome, and I think that's probably why Mormon interjects in that chapter five. Because if you think of when he's putting together all of that record, he lives in a very, very similar mm. time of total That's disaster. So and it's mm -hmm. interesting as he's putting that together, you know, to make mention all, of all of that and to almost say like, you know, hey, I, I see some of these things too. And, and that famous verse that so many missionaries yes. love where he's just like- Don't say it yet, let's save it till the very oh, end. Oh, okay, yeah. It's my yeah. favorite one. You can't wait, everyone, because look, it's right got here. in trouble. It's going to be so good at the very end. You can say it. Yeah, okay. Um, so we love that um, in the midst of all of this that's going on, you can still experience the goodness of God. You can. Um, and that brings me so much hope, especially when I see things falling apart. Um, I, I am someone who loves watching for the signs of the times. I have a sister who is not someone who loves watching the signs of the times. And so she always says to me, I'm not going to watch, but you just tell me when it's getting close. That's what she <laughs> says to me all the time. And I think it's important to remember that there, the, good, the great goodness of God is still in what's happening right now. And we love two, um, two verses. One is in 3rd Nephi 4 and the other is in 3rd Nephi 5. Which one do you want? Uh, I'll show the fourth one because I just like that it just says, There was singing and praising God for the great thing. And, and remember, we've got this in the study journal where we're just like, that phrase keeps coming up. 
to just keep your, remember Satan wanted to distract them and put their eyes and hearts on something else. And, but these people had their hearts set on God and the great things that he was doing. And they were praising and they were singing. And watching and they were for them. Hearts swollen with verses joy. Yeah, are just so good right there. So, You're going to want to look at 30 through 33. Yeah, it seems so simple. And yet it's, it's like, man, it just is there again and again and again throughout the book. And I love that we read that in within the story. But I love that Mormon, who's going to come in for a little commercial break right in the middle, is like, let me, let me also tell you that that's true in chapter 5 verse 20 um, he says this I have reason to bless my God and my Savior Jesus Christ and he he again is letting them know you will have reason to bless Jesus Christ even in these hard times that we're gonna go through there's gonna be reason to bless Jesus Christ and and we see that that's part of the process of, of going through the tumultuous times is just looking for his hand and his fingerprint um, all the way through there. And I love what you're going to um, talk about because Mer Mormon's going to give us this quote that is probably the best missionary quote in the entire world. It reminds me of when our family um, served a mission when my dad was the mission president. And I I'm sure everyone at some point on your mission just has that memory of it. And what George I just their life mission, you know, yeah. where they're just like, this is what I'm doing, yes. it's who I am, just, no, you know, no matter yeah. what. So good. And I love that it it appears in these chapters. Yeah. Um, remember last week when we talked about um, we wanted to be part of that most believing part. And it just echoes the hint of that being the most believing part. And um, as, as I put that list up in my home that I read to you earlier, it says at the top of it, this family believes. Um, because that's who we want to be at the end is the most believing part. And I, this almost is a call of like, join the ranks of of these you know these people even though it might be few even though it might be the smallest in everything that's going in it's just this call to rise up and be part of it yeah um th this it's chapter 5 verse 13 where he says behold i'm a disciple of jesus christ and maybe in a time when it would seem really easy like someone almost saying hey where is he now how come it looks like this and for him to still say, I'm, I'm still his disciple and I've been called by him, maybe particularly because of the way things are, to declare his name that people might have life, everlasting life, not just in the end, but now, because you can have those sanctuaries that will be filled with life so and light right now, in, I, in the middle of it. Yeah, I can remember, um, this is one of my dad's favorite scriptures when we served um, my dad was a mission president in Ventura, California, and it was one he would quote regularly. He just, he said it all of the time. He would think about it. And every time he was with those missionaries um, in the field and talking to them, he would just remind them, remember, this is who we are and this is what we've been called to do. And I would just feel power enter into the room. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, um, when my dad came home, and they had their homecoming. And I was sitting down in the audience and my dad was the last speaker. And at the very end, he bore his testimony. And then when he was all done, these are the last words he said. And I remember him standing there. I remember him in that suit he had worn for three years. 
I remember when he left on his mission and his hair was brown and he came home and it was pure gray <laughs> from those three years. And I remember the blue in his eyes as he stood in front of that whole group of people and said to them, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have been called of him to declare his word among his people that they may have eternal life. And I can remember sitting there and thinking to myself, I have never felt a witness like that before in my life, not before and not since of my dad standing up there and representing what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I have thought to myself many times since that moment, I want to have that conviction for the rest of my life like that. And to just know like that, I mean, without even know, without even being there, you're like, that's a line that was forged mm -hmm. in a fire. You know, like it yeah. just seems like, like these people here, where it was like, when you had a chance to turn your back and you didn't, that is when it became the witness that it is. Mm. You know? That's so true. Just... This really is so many chapters on just that forging faith. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Right. And, and a people who are gonna stand together and be ready when Jesus comes and we are gonna do it. And we plan on um, all of you being there with us. That is who we are. That is this community of saints that are gathering and, and we're gonna prepare every single day until it's time, no matter the contention, no matter the division, no matter what is falling apart around us, we wanna be the gathered in. Yeah. Woo! Okay. So Don't you want... Is now the second coming to come next to week? I hope it is. I, that's what it is. Oh, seven years. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.